Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And my name is Joe Oltman. Pretty uh, solemn day today, the 80th anniversary of uh, Pearl Harbor. So very, uh, very, very solemn day. If we can put up my screen, Mr. Producer, this is the uh, the USS Arizona. If anyone ever has a, ever chance, has a chance to go, to go, to, to, to go there, to go there I, I highly recommend, recommend that you do it. I don't know what's happening. Take the tour. Take the tour. I don't know what's, I don't happening, know what's happening either. I have an echo, I have an echo now. Uh, take, the uh, take the tour at Pearl, at Harbor, Pearl Harbor, USS Arizona. Releases approximately a little less than two gallons of oil a day. There's still a ton of oil trapped under there in the USS Arizona. And it bubbles up, and you can kind of see it when there's not a ton of wind. Um, it's a really solemn tour. Tour. I'm going to be back there in January, and I plan to take it again because last time I was there, you couldn't actually go on that little you could actually go into that museum part because it was under construction but uh yeah just as you go about today just remember all the the men and women who uh who died that day uh in the worst surprise attack on US soil until 911 obviously all right so do you think that i'm going to ask the question because it comes up every now and then but do you think that do you think that they knew about it? Yes, they did. We know that they knew about it. Do you think the president knew about it and that and they just um, let it happen? So it's it's I mean, important that's to remember the thing that, that just came out. I mean, I mean, not just came out, but I mean, they've been talking about it over the last couple of weeks. Is that they knew about yeah, it? Yeah, it, it's important to remember that we didn't have the internet back then. So if you can prove that someone in the U.S. government expected that it could happen, that is not the same thing as they knew about it, right? Right. Um, just because one or two analysts might have suspected that something was coming when you're dealing with telegram telegrams, when you're dealing with letters by actual like Pony Express, basically, um, it, it, it's not the same as today. Whereas you have like today, you'd have one person in an intelligence agency who would write a, a memo. It would get immediately brought up to the upper levels. They would brief the president if it's important, right? Then you could actually prove that, oh, they knew. But there, there, there wasn't that. There isn't actually proof that it got to the White House or that it got to the White House with some degree of certainty. I mean, you can look at like the Battle of Midway. The Battle of Midway, they absolutely knew where it was going to happen because they cracked the cipher at that point. They knew where the Japanese were going to attack, and they basically set set out and ambushed them at Midway. Um, so there is there is lots of in, uh, intelligence that has survived that suggests that there were some people who suspected an attack might happen. Um, the J Japanese did a bunch of things in the lead up to Pearl Harbor that suggested they were going to war. Um, but can we say with certainty that they knew and let it happen? No. But that's that would be pretty demonic, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like taking us to war and watching American soldiers die because there was weapons of mass destruction that were never there. Sure. Something like that. You know, I I, uh, I keep thinking about where we are. <clears throat> You know, holistically, 
and the fact that the government's never told us the truth at all. And, you know, you have people that are both on the left and the right. And this is why I say it doesn't matter if you're on the left or the right. It doesn't matter. I mean, if you're if you're if you have liberal views, that doesn't make you a radical leftist. Right. There, there are plenty of friends that I have that believe in, uh, you know, pro-choice. And I'm like, listen, I, I can't I can I can't support that at all. And but I respect I accept them where they are, not where I want them to be. But radical leftism is the ability to want to destroy and to uh, indoctrinate the kids of the future into some new, new world, this communist socialist ideology that kills many, many. It takes away opportunity for sure, and then it makes the poor, poor, and the rich, much richer. Two classes of people. So, um, I, I think that. I think that as a as a whole, Max, I I look at both parties, the Republicans and the Democrats, and and uh, I was asked to come to a GOP meeting last night. I didn't show, I didn't get to get a chance to go because I was working on some things. But um, the, you can tell the difference between a good person and a bad person just by seeing their behaviors. And there are plenty of people on the GOP that are literally trying to stand in the way and become obstructionists to saving our nation, and are doing things like promoting that there's some sort of science to this vaccine. And every time we get on here, we talk about the vaccine. We, we don't go to some right-wing crazy or radical or left-wing crazy radical site in order to find this information. We go to the CDC. We go to VAERS. We go to, we go to lots of different sites that are speaking truth. We talk about doctors, not, not quacks that are out there that don't have any sort of medical stuff. And then you have a guy like Chris Christie. I don't know if you saw this, but Chris Christie gets up and says, we need to educate people on why they should be vaccinated. He actually said that. I don't know if you got a chance to see that. Mr. Producer, do we have anything on that? Do you have that clip? <clears throat> Mr. Producer? I'm pulling the clip. So, so, the, so the issue that I have is that we can't tell who the enemy is because the enemy is all around us. And it's not an enemy to Republicans or to Democrats. It's an enemy to our country. Because you wonder, why would you say that everyone should get the vaccine? Why would you say that? Why, why, why would you say that we need to make it about education when none of what you put out there, none of what the left puts out there, shows any sort of science? It doesn't show science. There's no science to what they're saying. Well, I think that there's a different. I think that there's a difference between education and forcing it on people. Um, I think that if the entire time they had just stuck with education and allowed one side to win or lose in the battlefield of ideas, I think we'd be in a much different place as a country, rather than them saying, "Okay, well, we're not actually going to try and convince you. We're just going to force you to do it." Um, so I don't have a problem with educational campaigns. I mean, when they're spreading falsehoods, that that's a problem. But in, in the grand scheme of things, if, if we know that they have a billion dollars, would we rather them spend that billion dollars on education campaigns or on vaccine mandates, enforcements, concentration camps, right? Um, well, I, I generally don't have a problem with the education part, but obviously when they're spreading lies or half-truths or mistruths, that becomes a problem. Well, I think that that's the issue that I, I look at all the things that we're up against right now and I, and I just I, I shake my head and go, how? How do we get to this place where 
there's only one side. There's only one narrative. How do we ignore the tens of thousands of people that have died across this country because they didn't get access to hundreds of thousands of people, excuse me, 709,000, last time I checked, probably more now, that did not have access to, um, did not have access to ivermectin or were told that they can't have it. How many more of the Ings, uh, NG, the, the guy up in, in Illinois, how many more of those people do we have that are dying that didn't get to go to court and have a judge that was bold enough to stand up? And even after that, that gentleman who was given ivermectin because the court forced it, the, the hospital is now doubling down so that that court case can't be used for precedent in the future. Yeah. It's unbelievable what we're dealing with. And ivermectin does not have a high side effect. I mean, you talk about Ronnie. I, we talked about it last week. And I know we're not just talking about iver, we're not just talking about COVID or the vaccine, but everywhere we turn, there's no thought leadership. There's only one thought, one thing that you're allowed to think, and that's it. That's Fauci's thoughts. That's it. If it doesn't align with Fauci the killer, then you know you you're not allowed to have that thought. We're gonna cancel you, we're gonna take you down from every platform out there, and we're gonna make sure that you don't have a voice. This podcast is sponsored by Air Med Care Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you and your household should any of you suffer a medical emergency and need to be airlifted to a hospital. We don't get to choose when a disaster strikes. You don't get to choose how you get taken to the hospital. Anyone who has been taken to a hospital or has a loved one who's gone to a hospital by ambulance, you know it's very expensive and you know insurance won't usually cover it. Well, when you have to be airlifted by a helicopter, it's much more expensive. And yeah, insurance won't cover that either. Air Med Care Network exists to make sure you don't risk bankruptcy in the event that someone in your house has to be airlifted to a hospital for medical treatment. So when you sign up at the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and use promo code daily, not only are they going to give you coverage for your entire household for one year for $85, but they're also going to give you money back up to 50 bucks, depending on how many years you sign up for. So again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. Yeah. Well, I mean, we need all the data. We need all of the data, all of the all of the actual actual facts. They're withholding the data that Pfizer had. The FDA is withholding it, as we've covered on the show. They want to take 55 years to release it. Um, the first batch of documents that they released showed a pretty significant uh, percentage of adverse events were fatal, more so than they had actually um, led the public to believe. We've seen documents in these dumps suggesting that they knew that taking the vaccine when you're pregnant is much more dangerous than they originally had let on, causing many more miscarriages, many more fatal um, results, babies born and then dying shortly after, above average. Um, so we need the data, right? We, we need to actually know how many people have died from the vaccine. VAERS is not a perfect system. VAERS, when you, when you put something into VAERS, we don't get to any fatal reaction VAERS is supposed to be investigated, but they don't update those reports, right? So obviously it, it's significant enough for people to go into VAERS and say, hey, my husband got the vaccine and he died two weeks later or one week later or whatever, right? But we they never update the VAERS report to say, hey, we did an autopsy and it turns out, no, it actually was this that killed him, right? So we, do, we don't know the concrete number and that's what makes it really hard to move forward. Now, the left is deliberately withholding those numbers. They're deliberately withholding and trying to hide the adverse event statistics 
and then presenting this as, oh, it's completely safe. And we know it's not completely safe. I was reading one VAERS report um, just yesterday of a, of a small child who got the vaccine and started convulsing on the table um, and, and was begging her mother, please make it stop. I mean, these things are happening, right? So if, if we're going to live in a world where we want real, true, informed consent and we put all of the facts on the table and let people make the decision for themselves, great. Some people will decide to get it. Some people won't. And hopefully they have the best information available when they make that decision. But in a world where they're now in New York City forcing any kid over the age of five to get vaccinated, they want to go to a restaurant. They want to go to see a Broadway show. I mean, that's evil. All right, so that's not informed consent. That's not education. Let me ask you a question. Knowing what you know now, right, which is different. We know more today than we did three months ago, six months ago. Right. We know quite a bit more. Would you say? I mean, we're, we're in a better position now. We have more data, even though they're, withdraw they're withholding that data. We have more data right now, right? Would you give, yeah, your, kids, we, we, would we you have, give your kids the vaccine? No, I, I would not. And I, I have no intention of doing it. I mean, like when I got my kids vaccinated for everything else, I did all of the research. I, I looked into did everything. You pull any with, now? Did you pull any of the vaccines? You don't have to tell me which nope. ones, but did you? Nope. Nope. Kept to the schedule. Um, mainly because we live in Texas and right now the borders are wide open and there are people coming across the border with these diseases. I mean, it's one thing Measles. to say that you don't have, yeah. I mean, like it's yeah. one thing to, to live in a bubble where you have herd immunity and everyone either has natural antibodies to measles or has the measles vaccine. Measles vaccine is very leaky. It's something between 10 and 20% of people who have the measles vaccine, if they're actually, um, uh, exposed to the virus, we'll get it. Right. So it has about between a 10 and 20 percent failure rate. So the measles vaccine isn't perfect. But when you live in a state like Texas, where you have literally the federal government dropping illegal aliens off by the busload and, and they're going into stores and getting clothes, they're going through the airports. Right. In my mind, it would be very foolish. It would be very foolish to expose my kids to measles because the measles, the virus itself is far more dangerous than the measles vaccine. And if we lived in a world where we didn't have illegal aliens crossing the border every day, potentially carrying these viruses, that'd be great. Then we could make a different kind of cost benefit analysis and say that the vaccine is more dangerous than living in a world without measles. But measles is a really bad virus. Right. And I don't want my kids to have to live with that. So, so that brings us to, that, that brings us to the, you know, the, the topic of today of America. Welcome to the twilight zone. We got a lot to go over today. And there's a lot of craziness happening in our world. And I, but I want to start by saying this. Guys, listen, we want to bring this to you because, frankly, nobody talks about these things. They don't talk about it. The, the mainstream media is silent on everything. I mean, uh, Maxwell. Max, I haven't seen anything on Maxwell other than a couple of posts on the, the New York Times. I saw a post in the Washington Post. But for the most part, there's no one talking about it, the trial. There's nobody talking yeah, about no, it. The only thing we get are those little chalk drawings. And I, I think in some ways the federal court is set up that way so you can't have cameras. We live in a 24-7 media cycle where if it bleeds, it leads. If you can actually show a video, it's more likely to get on. When you don't have video of, these, of this testimony, it's really hard to get the American people's attention and put up a little <laughs> – not stick figure drawing because they're better artists than that – but they're just little sketches. It's kind of sketches you'd, you'd see from someone at the park 
drawing the old man feeding the pigeons. I mean, that that's the limitation we have placed on ourselves of how people can watch what's happening in federal court. State courts are different. Many state courts allow cameras in. And we saw that with the Rittenhouse trial. We got to see everything. We so why not the transparency? It. Why not the transparency? Why, why in the court system do they not allow you to have a, a camera? What are they trying to hide? I mean, and this, this has gone on for decades. Why, why are they trying to keep people from seeing what judges do in the court, courtroom? And I've talked about this before about, you know, judicial mal, uh, malpractice or misconduct. You don't get to see the behavior of the judges. You don't get to see how they treat people. You don't get to see how they, um, and, and, and in part, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Whew. In part, what the, the you know, this, I, I say this often, that there's some arguments that we talk past each other on the left and the right. And one of those things is, you know, judicial reform. Now, they, they take it to an extreme of saying, let's just let everybody out on bail and let's not arrest people for under $900 and let's create, create chaos in our environment. I like to look at what they do individually to persecute people and what judges do to ruin the lives of everyday Americans and, and act with impunity. That's the thing that I like to do. And, and most of our court system is based on how do you, how do you uh, uh, maneuver around um, and, and use uh, procedure in order to win cases. It's really sick, actually, because it never gets down to the truth. I think that is the one thing that everyone in America can probably agree with, is that judicial reform is necessary, and part of it is making sure that we can hold these judges accountable and get rid of the bad judges. But they stay there for 20 years ruining people, and it's just it's, it's pathetic. Well, that's one of the, I guess, the silver linings from COVID-19 is that we've gotten a little bit more. Like before the Supreme Court would release the audio after the fact, with COVID-19, they've actually started releasing the audio live. So like this past week when, when they were doing the, uh, the Dobbs case in Mississippi, we actually got to listen in live as it was going on. Um, so there's definitely changes have to be made. The argument that has been historically made is that if you were to put video cameras in federal courts, it could distract trial participants. I don't know if I believe that it could prejudice trial outcomes. Again, once the jury is actually selected, I think it's hard to make that argue argument or deprive defendants of fair trials. Yeah, I don't believe that one either. But that's historically the argument that's been made. I think that there's probably more votes as younger people get added to the bench. I think that they have more of an understanding of the power of television. And I know that there is there is more pressure being put on the Supreme Court than ever before to televise their arguments at the, at the very least the Supreme Court, right? Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it could only help. I, I can't I can't think of any anything would hurt other than people who well, don't want it, transparency. It would definitely yeah. I mean, I think it, would, it just helps with transparency. It helps with the ability for the American people to have faith in our systems, but they don't have any faith in it. They don't have any faith in our government. Now, the government, the IRS sends you a bill and says, you have to pay this. You owe us $20,000. $20, and people freak out, call the IRS. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to accept any of your uh, um, deductions. And you're like, what? It says right here that these are the deduction schedules. These are the things you're allowed to do. Yeah, we're not going to allow that to happen. Oh, and we're going to take two years to get back to you. And we're going to garnish your wages. And we're going to report it to the state. So they, they act with impunity. And the American people, it does not, there's not one American family that makes over $40,000 a year that is not adversely affected by government structures because the government is constantly fishing on how can they take more from the American people. It's sick, Max. It's sick. The, the, our entire society is sick. And I think some of the frustration you see boil up 
you know, so I know the frustration I have on the radical left is that the, the, the radical left does everything to destroy our community. Well, then the government just starts using them as a proxy for how they can get things done for the criminal enterprise that they've created in their government as they walk over and dole out, you know, free tickets for themselves for, you know, stock tips and uh, entitlements and major donations. It, it, it just never ends. And I think people, you know, the American people are waking up to the realization on both sides of the political aisle, not in the ideological aisle, because I think there's a massive difference. I think you could probably cut it out to the 15 percent, the radicals. I don't even think it's that big, but we'll, see, we'll say 15 percent that have the bullhorn and the other 85 percent that are marginalized by the decisions of those crappy uh, terroristic leaders on both sides of the aisle. Mitch McConnell being one of them. Yeah, no, actually, no, I mean, yeah, there's ahead. problems with everything. Go ahead. No, you were talking. You were going to talk about Mitch McConnell this morning when we got on our, oh, on our yeah. morning call. Yeah. So uh, this is something to pay attention to. It's it's funny when you, whenever you hear a Republican make a promise, they're always they're always looking at ways to get out of that promise. So our facts blast today. It's going to be going out right after the show. Um, it's uh, so back in October we had a debt ceiling where the Republicans refused to raise the debt ceiling permanently or or, or long term. So you had those nine or ten Republicans who weren't up for re-election um, vote to raise the debt ceiling temporarily to give a couple more months. And after that, you had you had Chuck Schumer take to the floor of the Senate and basically criticize the Republicans. He showed no grace whatsoever. And we've shown it before. There was that picture of Joe Manchin sitting behind him with his head in his hands. Like, what are you doing? You fool. They just helped us. Why would you criticize them on the Senate floor? So – his speech was so bad that Mitch McConnell ran out and said, we will never again help you raise the debt ceiling. And that seems, he said, we never again vote to help you raise the debt ceiling. So that would seem like it's a pretty cut and dry promise. Well, yesterday, Mitch McConnell was meeting with Chuck Schumer to devise a way to help the Democrats raise the debt ceiling. So Republicans would be able to vote for it, but instead they would change the rules to basically waive the filibuster. The filibuster, the Senate procedure that allows a minority to block final passage of a bill. You need 60 votes in the Senate to end debate. Um, if you don't get 60 votes, then you just keep debating something indefinitely and it can never reach the final vote. So since Democrats only have 50 votes, they need 10 Republicans in order to end debate on a piece of legislation. If they can't get those 10, the bill can't pass. So <laughs> what Mitch McConnell's doing is he is trying to help Chuck Schumer change the rules just this once so that the debt ceiling is not subject to the filibuster. Meaning Republicans would be able to vote no on the debt ceiling, right? Honor their promise that we promise we're going to vote no, but right before that, vote to make it possible for the Democrats to pass it. So why is this important? We know from the Build Back, Build Back Better bill, they want to spend trillions of dollars, trillions of dollars on leftist agenda items. I, I use this analogy and I use it in today's facts blast. Imagine you have a teenage son, teenage daughter who wants to go to the mall. They have a, a wish list of all the expensive things they want to buy. And they're asking you to go drop them off at the mall and for permission to buy it. You take one look at the list. And you say, no, that's insane. We don't have the money for that. Live within your means. Maybe ask Santa. Maybe he'll bring it for you, to you for Christmas. Right. So the, the teenager kind of pouts and walks away and comes back to you the next day and says, hey, dad, Will you raise my credit card limit? <laughs> you know what they want to raise the credit card limit for. They want to raise the credit card limit so they can go and buy all the stuff they talked to you about yesterday. 
right? That's what this debt ceiling is. They have this massive spending bill where they want to spend all of this money on these ridiculous programs. They need to raise the debt ceiling significantly to be able to do it. So Republicans say we're not going to help them pass the spending bill. Well, technically, they can pass it without Republicans if they use reconciliation to bypass the filibuster that way. The only way Republicans can actually stop this out-of-control spending is by stopping the debt ceiling from going up. So basically, Democrats, Republicans are saying we're not going to vote for this crazy leftist spending. We're not going to vote for it. But we're going to let them raise the limit on their credit cards so they can just spend whatever they want. That's essentially the scheme that's going on in Congress right now. And they're counting on you not being smart enough to understand it. Or that by the time you figure out what they're doing, it's too late to stop them. Which is why today's fact spots is going to be of utmost importance because the deadline to raise the debt ceiling is next week, December 15th. So they're going to have to do this in the next couple of days. So if we want to stop them, we have to rise, rise together and make sure they understand they're not going to get away with this. They can't vote against a debt ceiling raise while simultaneously making it easier to pass and get away with that. So make sure you, you, ch- you stay tuned for the facts plus to be coming out right after today's podcast. Hey, speaking of new improvements, by the way, what, what do you think of the new digs on our podcast? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a little busy. Notice that he said Apollo is amazing. Yeah, it's a little, (laughs) it's a little busy. Did you see the thing on the top of us? It says Deep State is coming for you and your family. It's time for the American people to rise up and take back. But you saw that Apollo was amazing. So I don't know who put that up there, but Apollo, do you want to, you know, I I feel like (laughs) you want to comment on this matter right now. (laughs) So he's our producer. You you see up there that it says, uh, yeah that you'll see it go by every now and then you'll see Apollo is amazing. I forgot. I forgot to take it out, but that, uh, I think I like it. That, that is not the content. That is absolutely not the content that we need to have yeah, up there. People are saying that they can't read it because it's too small and it's not bold. Um, so we got to figure that. that out. All right. It's really big on our 80 inch TV that's in the studio. <laughs> yeah. Not so I big see- on the mobile devices where most people watch. <laughs> oh, this is true. Never even thought about that. This is true. Well, we also have that little banner at the bottom of the screen, so might as well mention that. If you haven't already stocked up with your Christmas gifts for your family, please do head over to MyPillow.com. They have a bunch of great products all made in the United States. They have the the Giza Dream Sheets, right? They have the, the mattresses, the mattress covers, obviously the pillows. They have so much. They have more than I ever even thought they have. And when you use promo code CD21, Charlie Delta 2-1, you're going to get up to 66% off. I actually think it's, it's more than that after Black Friday. I think it's up all the way up to 70% off now. So full disclosure, we do get a small commission when you use CD21. You help support the show, help us grow the show, keep the lights on. Um, but you're also going to get the best deal possible at MyPillow.com. So again, use promo code CD21, CD21 at MyPillow.com and buy American. Buy American. By the way, I just bought a bunch of pillows. Okay, I'm going to tell you what you shouldn't do. When you buy the My Pillows, you're supposed to put them in the dryer for 15 minutes, right? Not 40 minutes. <laughs> oh, what, you melt them? <laughs> I didn't melt it, but it just doesn't feel like a, a good pillow after, 15, after 40 minutes. I forgot about them. 
So it's those new Samsung deals where you have to go through. Anyway, this dryer, you know, you need a, a PhD in, in uh, oh, I could call Coomer. You need a PhD. I was going to say a PhD in nuclear physics, but I probably should never say that again. Ever. Well, I, I, I'm going to bake a cake later, so maybe I'll call him about that. So he's a baker. So we've we've been seeing quite a bit of stuff that has been floating by. Um, Mr. Producer, did you send over the clips that we have? The the do we send that over? Uh, you've got stuff in your email, and we've got a bunch in in the chat too. All right, so I'll, I will let Max drive, but um, we we've got a bunch of stuff that we want to talk about that I think that is it, it's it just is crazy. And I think one of the things we were talking about was the. Um, I mean, so we did mention, uh, you know, the giving vaccines to children um, in New York. And uh, I mean, uh, again, this, this stuff is just disgusting, but I'm going to put up this. Um, the Vax passport that they're pushing in New York that de Blasio has rolled out, they're going to announce it on the 15th and then is going to take effect on the 27th, I believe, either the 25th or the, tw- or the 27th of this month uh, will include children 5 to 11. So uh, to go into public spaces, uh, I think it was exercise, uh, um, you know, business, businesses, gyms, uh, rec centers, restaurants. Uh, you're, you're now going to need your children uh, below the age of 11 to, uh, to have their vaccine passports. This, this is America. You know, when we, we did the, America. the episode uh, last week uh, that Max and I did talking about what was going on with Australia um, and the obvious... Um, but rather chilling parallels to some of the things that the Nazis did where we put up all those uh, pictures of, of documents and of, you know, the armbands and everything. Uh, I, mean, I mean, this is where we're heading now. Um, we also have a picture of Chris Christie um, talking about the, um, talking about the uh, educating vaccine people. Should we, should we put that up? There's Chris Christie talking. An actual about picture of education. him uh, describing. Uh, He's talking into the microphone. <laughs> oh, sorry. He's talking into a piece of pizza. Okay, go ahead. You can take that down. Now, he, I was he's being a big guy. funny, huh? He's a, he's certainly a big guy. Four hundred and fifty pounds. He he could put the sumo he gear on. I think huh? he lost a little bit of weight. I think he lost a bit of weight. I think he had surgery. So four hundred thirty uh, pounds. Still, he's still he's still a big guy. Um. <laughs> We could have a little fun with him, chunky monkey. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I lived in New Jersey when he was governor. He wasn't a perfect conservative by any means, but considering who he replaced, John Corzine, um, you won't find anyone in New Jersey who would have preferred John Corzine over him. Um, it's when he's tried to take on the national stage and, and leave New Jersey that we've all kind of realized that he's not really a conservative. But uh, in <laughs> on, on the East Coast, in New Jersey at, at the very least, um, he did, he did good stuff. Yeah. I mean, he did r- great stuff. I mean, if you count the fact that the highest tax rate for property tax in the country is New Jersey, I mean, that's, I mean, you can't, oh, no, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking about people who were arrested for carrying guns across state lines. They had oh, yeah. concealed carry permits in other States and New Jersey's gun control laws were going to throw them in prison for decades and he pardoned them. So just little things like that, things that we, I mean, there, there are people who would have had their lives ruined had a Democrat been in office instead of him. Um, so it's, it's, it's worth at least mentioning that. And obviously I, I did campaign for him in 2013. Um, oh, because, oh, 
Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I did because I, I lived in New Jersey. I lived in New Jersey. So, I mean, the people who were going up against him were absolutely insane. Well, he's only partially insane. You know, the, the, the big time, the big thing for me is that every now and then there's people that idealistically stand up for the right things. My, my issue with the, the left and the right is that they don't, they don't tow the line that, that aligns with protecting the interests of the American people. And it's not that hard. Just go back in your community and be like, Hey, listen, what's bothering you right now? Oh, you know what? I really need a bridge to nowhere. Can we get one of those built? Because I really think that that'd be a good use of $400 million. That's how silly the, the politicians are, is that the lobbyists walk in and say, add this, add this, add this, add this. And not one time do they go out to the community and say, hey, we don't want to, none of us want the vaccine. And now that there's a study out that came out that says that, I think it was on CNN, actually that talked about the real numbers of people that have not been vaccinated and they're predicting it's somewhere around 56%. And that there, there's a, another pandemic of people that are running around uh, getting fake vaccine cards and that people are printing them. And, and every time a new vaccine card comes out there and they wanna create a national database, which I think was the, the whole idea of this particular article. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, more than half of the country does not wanna put that vaccine in their bodies. No, and, and this is why, I mean, on the other end, this is why having all the data is important, right? Because there was also a study that just came out that shows in districts where Trump won by over 60%, with over 60% of the vote, have had higher mortality rates per, uh, on a per capita basis from COVID-19 than areas that went for Biden. So we need all of the data, because if, if that is true, then that does suggest that the COVID-19 vaccine vaccinations rates may have played a part in that. But we need to have the complete data so people can make an informed choice, because that's what we're all about. Informed consent, having the pros, having the cons, weighing them against your own personal situation. If we don't have that, it's impossible to make those informed consent decisions and and you just have to wing it. Right. So. They talk about this and, and they say, oh, well, it's it's the, the pandemic of the unvaccinated while they're simultaneously deliberately blocking people from ha making those informed consent choices, understanding both sides of an issue. Right. So, I mean, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. So what's the what's the solution? To what? What's the solution for our politicians talking about both sides of their mouth? And I think I've said it before. We just get people to run. Get people to run for office that normally wouldn't run for office. I think that that's happening across the country. But I think that we have to reject anyone on the left and the right and put new people in positions where they represent the interests of the people of, of our country at every level. And it's, it, you know, I see it in Colorado. I saw it in Texas when I was down there. I mean, there's there's grandmas that are out there. I mean, Gammy Sparkles, you know, last night lit up the the establishment as it related to them attacking a, um, a Vicky Tonkins, who is the head of the El Paso County GOP. And this establishment has been lying and attacking her and accusing her of things that there's no basis for, including stealing money for years. And every time she wins, the second time she's won, they do the same thing and say, oh, we got to get back in our positions of power so we can get rid of these grassroots movement of people that are in the community that are hurting that say, listen, you don't represent the interests that we have. So there's people all over the country that are 75 years old running for political office. 
We just got to find a way to support them without and make it impossible for even the people that spend a billion dollars to say, listen, I don't care if you spend a hundred billion dollars, we're not going to elect you because you don't represent the interests of the American people. I think there is that populist movement among the people to support just the people in their community. At yeah, every level. there are. And I mean, the challenge is when you, when you encourage people to run for office, you get people like Dr. Oz. Now I'm sure Dr. Oz is a nice person. Um, but when you, when you run on that kind of cult of personality that he's created, there's, there's lots of people who have lots of things to say about Dr. Oz. He's probably going to win the GOP nomination in Pennsylvania to run for Senate for Toomey's spot because Toomey's retiring. Um, so it's, yeah, we need everyone to run, but we need to make sure that we have the right people running. Now, I don't, I, I don't know if, if Oz is the right choice. I mean, if we just want to keep the seat red, maybe Oz is the best possible choice. But is he the best conservative to run for the spot? Probably not. Okay, so so what, one uh, of the people said that they're disappointed by Trump's endorsement of Purdue down in Georgia, and I want to. I think we should, I think we should tackle this this subject for a minute, right? And that is um, the alternative is a guy named Vernon Jones. Now, guys, listen to me. Vernon Jones, for those of you that don't know, was a Democrat that decided to become a Republican. Vernon Jones has these dark clouds over him of uh, inappropriate sexual relationships and, and forced, um, uh, basically rape, of women that hang over him. And then there's the racism part of him that hangs over him, that, that goes back decades. So your alternative is, in that area, Candace Taylor, who, by the way, I think is an amazing person, but doesn't have, I don't think has the staying power to beat, to beat Stacey Abrams, especially with a corrupt and, and uh, uh, election system, right? I mean, with, with, if Dominion stays in place in Georgia, which it should not, but if it stays in place in Georgia, th there will never be another fair and free election in Georgia ever. So it just won't. I mean, I'm telling you right now, the Dominion voting systems using what appears to be a neural network inside of it. Neural network is this AI that allows them to get to a fixed point where they can basically predict the outcome of every election because they just steal it from you. Then Candace Owens or Candace Taylor has the least chance of winning. Purdue has a, a solid history. And frankly, I think Trump is just doing the math and saying that he can beat Stacey Abrams. It's not that I don't think that Candace Taylor is a great candidate, but we need a candidate in there to run for governor that the people will have confidence in 100% to get across the finish line. And I think that's going to be Purdue. And I think there's a slow movement towards getting rid of and eradicating Dominion voting systems, Runbeck, ES&S, and Smartmatic. That, that flavor is growing across the country. And by the way, guys, you can eliminate Dominion voting systems in your state at the county commissioner level because most county commissioners have the ability to kick out one system and bring another one in. And since there, are, there is a system with only 3% of the total tally system, which is clear ballot, they can just bring that clear ballot system in and uh, get rid of these other more sophisticated systems that basically steal your vote. So I, I, think, that, I think it's a good thing that, that President Trump came out and made a, had support for Purdue. I think that he's a smart man. He's, he's looking for what is the most likely path to victory to replace and primary out Brian Kemp. But, um, you know, I'm not disappointed by it at all. I'm not disappointed about it. I'm, I'm, I'm more disappointed that there are people that would stand up next to Vernon Jones. And, and frankly, the more I learn about Vernon Jones, the worse it, it appears for him.
Yeah, I mean, we need to get rid of, obviously, the election software that they use, Dominion, in Georgia. But we also need to get rid of the people. I don't know if you saw this past week, but we had um, two of the election officials that we've talked about a bunch. Um, Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman. They were involved in the shenanigans in Fulton County. Yeah. Right, the pulling the ballots out from under the table, counting them over and over again. We played video of what looked to be some kind of handoff, whether it be an e-cigarette or a lighter or a flash drive. Really shady video where they're just like talking to each other, handing things off. Um, they've now, they're now suing the Gateway Pundit, saying that the Gateway Pundit has destroyed their reputation. Well, no, your actions destroyed your reputation. The fact that a, a conservative news outlet talked about the video footage of you pulling out ballots from underneath the table or you having a sidebar and handing off some kind of electronic device or something in secret, right? That, <laughs> I mean, that's not defamation. That's just reporting on video footage. Now, you can say that they interpreted it wrong. You have every right to do that, and you should present your side of it. But... But they haven't. They didn't Max. say. They, they've never even come out we, and shown yeah. you what the 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 ballot box that was used that was pulled underneath the the table. They didn't come out and say, "Here it is. This is what it was. This is what." They've never done that. They've never disproved any of the deviations that we brought forward. They just said, "Oh, they're debunked." Oh, they're debunked. And what's what's even more telling is that they sue, and somewhere along the line, that makes them right. Same thing with Coomer. Coomer sued for, for defamation and emotional distress. He's the one that was the, the, the skinhead. He's the one that wrote the stuff saying F America. Peaceful you're responsible skinhead. for, you're, what's that? Peaceful skinhead. Yeah, peaceful skinhead. I'm sorry, peaceful skinhead. But he's the one that, that literally talked about that Americans are stupid. He's the one that, that basically said that, that we should kill cops. He's, he's the one that went after Trump, and yet he's responsible for counting 50% of the vote. And we're supposed to believe that his comments, his hyperbole on a call, that, that what, first of all, it wasn't him. But I, I'm, not a, I'm not a part of Antifa because Antifa is not a group. Are you an anti-fascist? Yes. But none of this information was ever printed in the media. None of it. So I put it out there so people can watch it and see it and understand what's happening. And this guy says over and over and over again, nothing to see here, but they attack everyone else that comes forward with any information related to election fraud. Ruby Freeman should never work another election ever in the history of this country. As long as she's alive, she'd never work another election. She never should be allowed. And neither should and the even, organizations that are run by Stacey Abrams that funnel millions of dollars. Yeah. And we should be watching. Yeah. Happy Faces. Happy Faces Personnel Group. Yeah. Happy Faces Personnel Group is the vendor that was contracted for $7.7 million to hire personnel for Fulton County to run their elections. Stacey Abrams' company. Happy Faces. Well, I, she's involved. I don't think she completely owns it, but she's involved with it. This is the problem that we have is that we don't slow down long enough to figure out what we're up against and look at the, the, the data and say, look, this, this is all proof. We, we have not had one case... Not one case where the proof has been seen that it didn't result in an overturning of the election. And there's only been two cases that have gone nearly all the way through, and one was in Florida, and they reversed that election. Guys, listen. It's, it's, it's unquestionable that there was a shredder truck full of ballots 
in Georgia. It's unquestionable. You can say whatever you want, but the FBI, they were down there. They were down there. So was CISA. So was people from the Justice Department. They were all down there. They, were, they, they had this shredder truck surrounded by vehicles inside of the parking lot at the police station. Then they moved it inside into a building that is owned by the police station so nobody could see it. That happened. But nobody ever explained it away, Max. Nobody ever, and, and this is why I talk about, we talk about the Twilight Zone is because sensibility just doesn't exist. Facts don't exist. Truth doesn't exist. Oh, it's all ambiguous. Oh, nothing to see here. Those are things that happened. Last night, I just started jotting down all the things that we're dealing with with election fraud, and I got about two pages in, and I was like, holy crap. There's more than enough evidence to overturn the, the fraudulent election of 2020. We've got to get people to stand together and come together and say, all right, here's what you're going to testify for. This is what you're going to testify for. Just stand together. It was a concerted effort led by election machines across our country. All the, all the little deviations of behavior, those were all meant to create chaos. Nothing to see here. Sleight of hand. While over here, they're feeding their fat faces with the fra- defrauding of the American people. It's well, on the media right now, uh, like this week, here's what's, what's been going on with election stuff. So Wisconsin, uh, you know, all they're doing is complaining that it wasn't partisan or it wasn't uh, nonpartisan. Or I'm sorry, um, they're they're blaming on Republicans um, that their their audience basically are uh, are garbage and uh, you know th- there's nothing to see here. The exact same thing. They they pulled Lindell's uh, conspiracy film. They pulled af- absolute proof from YouTube. Um, this happened quite a while ago, and they're still running with the exact same line. The last week they've had nothing but hit pieces. On Lindell, um, they just had another one that came out talking about how uh, Lindell is going to be uh, like he's going to go down in history as someone who uh, you know was basically a grifter on the American people. Uh, the, it's not in mainstream headlines at all. The mainstream media doesn't want to talk about it. The only uh, media coverage that we get on anything election integrity is that. Liddell's a conspiracy theory. There's still nothing going on. Uh, and meanwhile, the headlines are full of Jesse Smollett, or Juicy. They're full of Alex Baldwin. Uh, you know, th- this is what, what is, is breaking news. All these things are going on. They're pushing these completely totalitarian laws with the vaccines, and no one's upset about it. You have these things going on in Australia, which are approaching what's going to happen here very quickly. This is what is mainstream news. This is what our... Uh, our media wants us to look at and think is is really important stuff. Relevant. These relevant. absolute this is the relevant, this liars, is the these stuff. clowns, these jokers, talking about oh I didn't I didn't pull the trigger, I didn't stage a hoax, nothing about Maxwell, nothing about election integrity, and you have the media completely you know gaslighting everybody and and spinning everyone up in circles over things that aren't really important, while the really important things are going completely unmentioned. And the American people continue to sit by and go, what, what do we do next? Well, I think that that's well, one of the issues. I, 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 agree, I agree with what you're saying. The only thing I'd say is I think that Jesse Smollett is absolutely important because it's a case of, of an actor, a powerful actor, trying to malign half the country to create out of thin air a racist hoax. 
right? So yeah, the whole bit where he was having sexcapades with his alleged attackers in a gay bathhouse, I'm not all interested in that. I am interested in the fact that we now know from under oath testimony that Don Lemon gave him a heads up that, that, that the Chicago police did not buy his story. That's important. If you have Don Lemon, one of the, the leading anchors over at CNN, warning a hoax, uh, a, a hoax purveyor that his narrative wasn't being believed and he should figure out a way to fix it, right? That's more than just the hoax. That shows a conspiracy between some of the most powerful people in the media to try and save this crumbling narrative, right? So, I mean, when we, when we look at that, when we look at things like Cuomo, Cuomo abusing his power to go after and try and dig up dirt on the women that his brother, I guess, allegedly raped or allegedly sexually assaulted, like that, sure, Cuomo's gone, great. But when we, when we see how he's actually abusing his power, it's not just that they are spreading fake news. It's not just that they are stopping it's organized crime from reaching the floor. It, 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 yeah, it, it it's is organized criminal crime. activity. That is organized crime. It's racketeering. Yeah. Well, my, and my point isn't that, like, you know, we shouldn't be upset about that because the, the, the juicy deal is, a, it, it is you know, it, it is important uh, regarding what you said. But the point is people aren't getting upset about the right things. Right? Right. Well, I think that, again, I, I think the, the, the narrative of the radical left has always been um, has always been that there's massive amounts of white supremacy running around America, and it's just not true. There's there's not wi- widespread now. That, now I mean, let me let me be, let me clarify. There are people in this country, young people, old people, right, that say things that frankly should never come out of a person's mouth. I mean, I, I'm not for all this get rid of every word out there. Let's do everything to get rid of the R word and the P word. And we just got to make sure we operate with civility while they basically batter and beat and bully people. But getting rid of the N word, I, I would. And I have a friend of mine. I, I have a friend of mine who's six six, big black dude. He's my friend. He's family. Right. And he uses that word as well on the football field. And I'll walk up to him and I was like, don't ever use it. Don't use that word around me. So much so that he doesn't use that word anymore. He goes, Joe, I never thought about it. He goes, but I, I'm allowed to because I'm black. And I'm like, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to use, use that word ever. You, you don't want to demean your, your brother. You don't want to demean the guy on the team. You don't even want to use it as, a, as in just in sleight of hand. You don't want to use it. Don't use it. But there are people that, do, that have done that. There are people that are, are racist. Now, most of them happen to be on the radical left, but they're there. But it's not the biggest problem facing our country when kids can't read past the sixth grade reading level. Just not. No, people are going to care about the issues that most affect them. I mean, I I care about the concentration camps that they have in northern Australia. I absolutely do. Um, But if if you're asking me to choose what I'm going to focus my day on, my day is not going to be focused on what the Australian government is doing to the Australian people, just like the majority of people don't care really about what the Chinese are doing to the Uyghurs, what the Russians are doing to the Ukrainians. I mean, there are so many terrible things happening all around the world. Yeah. Um, it, it, it kind of feels like you're trying to drink out of a fire hydrant sometimes when you're trying to just consume all of it. Uh, that doesn't mean that it people don't care about it. doesn't mean that it isn't important. It just means at the end of the day, 
people care about the issues that are most likely to affect them. And short of getting on a plane and flying to Australia, their odds of being put into an Australian concentration camp right now are zero. So they look at this and they say, oh, wow, Jesse Smollett was having sexcapades in a gay bathroom, in a gay bathhouse with his alleged attackers. That's really interesting. Why didn't we know that? Right. I mean, so it, it's not as much people talk, focusing on the wrong things. People are going to focus on what they want to focus on. And I think the fact that the stories that we're discussing right now are being covered by both the mainstream media and conservative media suggests that these aren't really just rising to the fore because the mainstream media wills it to be so. Right. If, if that was the case, then we wouldn't see conservative media outlets like Daily Call or Town Hall also covering these stories. Well, and and just so you know, there's a there's a picture that just came in of uh, a news break that came in about uh, Jesse Smollett this morning. Is they're they're gonna let him face his attackers? So did yeah, you see that, Mr. Producer? Yes, right. He's he's gonna he's they're bringing in new evidence so that they could actually have Jesse Smollett Smollett, Smollett <laughs> face his attackers. Uh, Mr. Producer, put that up. This just came in. No, Mirror that's, brought that's into courtroom, so <laughs> Smollett could face his attackers. <laughs> Those looks like, like some pretty uh, racist guys. Oh, man. Look. Yeah. I got to face my attackers. It was me. He's still saying it's not a hoax. This is how, this is how wacko the radical left are. This is how wacko they are. They're doubling down. People, use this as an example of what they've done in the 2020 election. They double down, double down, double down, double down, double down. Here's what I know for to be a fact. An absolute 100% unequivocal fact. The election in 2020 was stolen. And by the way, pre the, the presidential election was not the only one stolen. The Senate races in Georgia, stolen. The recall election for, uh, what's his face? What's the, um, in, in California? Newsom. Newsom? Newsom. Stolen. Youngkin? Still stolen. Not because Youngkin didn't win by popular opinion, but because he should have won by 12 points. Stolen. Three votes, seven votes. Three votes for backyard basement Biden. Seven votes for Trump. I inject. That's a 70-30 uh, split. I inject 1,000 fake phantom ballots into Biden, 1,000 into Trump. Now I have 1,003 and 1,007. I'm now nearly at a 50-50 deal. And you want to know what happened in Maricopa County? Every one of those boxes were open, and they had ballots stuffed in there, and they didn't allow them to test the paper. It's because they're fraudulent ballots. They're fraudulent ballots, people. They're fraudulent ballots. And all the information that's coming out everywhere, from Antrim to Mesa to Maricopa County, and the fact that they're running through this process and and now they're saying that, that oh, none of that stuff matters. None of that stuff matters. It shows a concerted effort across the country to steal the election. And they did it. They stole it. A coup on the American people occurred in 2020. So the things that you're hearing about Smollett, where this piece of trash gets on the news, and that the, the Lamone, or whatever the hell his name is, Don Lemon, listen, it's not a mistake. It's not, it's not a mistake that they were talking, including... That's what evil does. Evil stands together with evil. And that's what we're dealing with in this country. It's they lie, 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 lie. They're liars.
So when I talk about sending the liars to the gallows for being tra traitors, for treason, I mean it. Because look what they're doing to our country. You got smashing grabs every day. Uh, on, on my Facebook, one of, a mother, 16-year-old daughter, went to go get gas at a service station, went to put her credit card in. Three men jumped out with masks on, stared her down, ran into the convenience store with guns, robbed the place, came back out, and she got away. Could have ended so, so much different. The chances of you experiencing this thuggery in our society has gone up by an exponential number. Well, at the same time, they talk about taking away your gun rights and making it unsafe, and the cars are killing people, not people, and putting up bail, and then having some radical piece of trash leftists come in and, and say, let's raise $5 million to get them out. And the fact that a judge even set a $5 million bail instead of a no bail after killing six people, mowing them down. Come on. We're living in a twilight zone where they lie about everything, and we don't call it what it is. We don't call them what they are. They're liars. The radical left are liars. They are nothing but liars. The mainstream media, liars. These radical leftist Antifa crap bags, liars. They are trash. They're no, there's no good or redeeming thing about it. And there's nothing radical about standing up for American values. Nothing. There's no, it's not radical to say that this is crazy. It's honest. It's authentic. And it's what we should all be saying. Not sitting back and waiting for somebody else to solve the problem. And just hoping it doesn't come to your front door. It's coming to your front door. So Smollett is just yeah. an example of everything else that the radical left has done. Everything else. Very, very true. Well, we are out of time for today. That's going to be it for this edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the audio version. All those links are in the description. Check it out. If you can, please do leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help us climb up in those rankings. There's two things to help us climb up in the rankings. Downloads on Apple Podcasts and, and reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you haven't already, please do leave us a five-star review. And even if you don't have an Apple device, you can download iTunes onto a Windows computer, create an Apple ID, and then leave us a five-star review that way. So if you can, please do that and help us because we, we haven't gotten reviews. I think we got one review. They're shadow banning us. So everybody go to there and, and give us a review, yeah. a good review. And the radical leftists, go leave us a bad review and I'll just give you the finger. <laughs> that, uh, we go live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, so tune in for that. And if you need a little reminder of when we're going to air, you can text the word FREEDOM, F-R-E-E-D-O-M, to 89517. You'll get added to our text alert system, and you'll get a notification telling you what we're talking about and how, when, and where you can watch. If you are one of the Facebook refugees, since we're no longer on Facebook, this is probably the best way to get those alerts because um, we're not on Facebook, so they're not going to give you alerts anymore. As I said, that's it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. My name is Joe Oltman. Remember, everyone, the fight to take back our country is not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand and fight together. <laughs>